Welcome back to Bull Bear Chair Podcast. My name's Brian Lucius, and as always, I have Mr. Nate Lucius. Nate, how are you doing today? You know what? Uh, overall, I'm doing pretty well. We're, we're in the middle of some, uh, I guess, unique times, but overall, things are, are pretty good. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. And, you know, today is a, a show that I knew we were going to be faced with at some point in our podcast career. But I thought we could squeak out more than four shows before we ran out of guests. However, due to the situation at hand, we had several guests that couldn't uh, make it onto the show. Several people that are running or certainly a part of very successful businesses who, let's just say, have uh, bigger issues to face today. And uh, certainly this week than joining on our podcast, we can certainly respect that. So we are doing today's show together. That's it. Yeah. And in the... Uh, as the government has asked us to do, we will not be sitting in one another's chair, and we will. We are certainly social distancing and doing the things we need to do. So giving up our chair is just not something that's going to happen today. Which is definitely interesting. So let's uh, let's start off. And a lot of our a lot of our listeners are you know certainly a lot of them are business owners. Um, a lot of them have small businesses to medium sized businesses. Uh, of course, we have listeners outside that that are parts of small, medium size, and even big businesses. But why don't you talk a little bit about about our business? Not not what exactly we do, but talk about what this kind of situation yeah. that we're in, our employees, and what we've had to do over the last couple of yeah, weeks. Yeah, I think uh, you know, as you look back over the last three weeks or so, and I've even lost track of time. But uh, you know, anybody who tells you uh, that I would say that they were fully prepared for this is probably not. 100% uh, truthful or they're making uh, light of the best way they know how to. So uh, a couple of things is one, all of our businesses and we're in a heavily regulated industry, whether it's through the RIA side, the broker dealer state, it doesn't matter. So all of us, and of course, as, a, as an organization as a whole, we have business continuity plans, um, as do most of our listeners in any business. That's not just regulated, but anybody should have a business continuity plan. The challenge with business continuity plans is you don't um, see them coming in this full-scale operation right. very often. So, you know, you, you draw it up in the locker room, you talk about it. Maybe you have two or three or 10 employees that, you know, you've got to work off-site or you've got to do something where part of that business continuity plan comes in, but something like this hits and then it is full scale. So mm -hmm. two, over the last two, three weeks between our IT, our HR department, we put ours into action. And the first thing we did in the first week was we immediately went to 50% staff in the office, 50% working virtually. Worked out pretty well. And as we progressed and as states came out, we have offices in Kansas and in Minneapolis. And as the state and the counties came out, we listen to what they were suggesting. Uh, Minnesota then put a two-week um, shelter in place, although they'd excluded essential businesses, which of course, as a financial organization, we're, we excluded. But we've done everything we can over the last week or so to go from over 300 employees in this office about three weeks ago to half in this office to about five to 10% of employees actually in this office, essential employees in this office, and the rest are working virtually or working from home. So it's been a, I guess, a whirlwind of uh, what's happened. Uh, you, you balance emotions and employees and team members with business and what still has to get done. And so ours has gone, 
90% smooth uh, with 10% bumps along the way. And I would say that that's, uh, you know, whether whether you own your own business and you were faced with this or you, or you certainly work at a company where, where you've obviously been affected and you've seen this type of thing happen, it's, it's interesting to watch, you know, to Nate's point is, you know, old Mike Tyson of everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. But it's, uh, it's, you know, you think you're set up to do it. And it's not so much of, uh, you know, having the hardware at home and the connectivity to do it, but you take into account file sharing, the ways you communicate, all the things that even as a, a fairly structured business with very capable IT and HR people that we have and with large teams of those people, it still is interesting when you find the, you know, the inefficiencies that kind of bog you down as you go through it. And there was a, a quote I read that said, businesses will suffer from the inefficiencies they've laughed at for years. And I, I, I can't believe how true that is. Even when you look at our own business, little things like everybody knows they should go completely paperless, but let's be honest, nobody was completely paperless. And there were things that you did and you always said you were going to fix it until all of a sudden you were forced into fixing it. So there was a lot of things that, that, you know, you think you're ready to do it. And when you go, you find out that there's a, a hole in the boat over here, or you got a flat tire over here, or whatever it may be. Certainly all adaptable things, but definitely a lesson in the more prepared you can do and even, even possibly doing, you know, some fire drills, for lack of better terms, on some of these situations would be a, certainly a good lesson that we've learned going forward. Yeah, and I would, I would say one other thing to add is just, you know, you have, whether it's employees or clients or team members or whoever it is that you say, hey, could we do this? You know, could we work at home and could we do this? And whatever that thing is, and the immediate response, let's say four weeks ago would have been, oh, I don't know if we can do that. You know, that would be really difficult. Well, when you're forced into a situation like this, uh, the one nice thing that I think has come out of this is everybody does realize that this is not a one industry. This is not a financial issue. This is not a it is certainly a healthcare, but there's no particular sector or no particular business that's being singled out in this. It's all of the United States. It's everybody. So everybody kind of comes together and says, hey, we can get this done. I know we can, which which is kind of fun to see. And it's it's just different than a normal environment. 100% agree with that. And so it's, it's been a good lesson learned for us of, you know, if you're preparing for something, drawing things up in concept on paper is certainly one, but the execution of it is definitely another. I mean, it, it even it impresses me how quickly we and other companies have been able to react to move 280 people at home over really what, you know, this, this seems like it's been going on for months and months and months, but really the, the wheels kind of fell off the truck in the environment probably a couple of weeks ago, yeah, it's two, really week, been two weeks, or two so. weeks ago. So it's definitely been good. And, you know, there's there's a lot of lessons that I think that people are have always known in business or even in your personal lives that are are really kind of glaringly obvious as to maybe we should have paid more attention to them or whatever it may be. And I would say, you know, a couple of those lessons are from a business standpoint, especially small businesses, certainly having multiple marketing methods. I mean, I'll I'll give you an example In, in our business, a lot of uh, financial advisors do dinner seminars. Well, that was all good until restaurants closed or libraries closed and they couldn't do these face-to-face educational events. So that has to transition totally digital. Now, a lot of the advisors of today already have different ways in their, their marketing or advertising on social media, but you put that into any industry, 
how many different, you know, restaurants were out there, bars were out there that weren't really marketing on social media or weren't using these other digital platforms to go. And now they're having to learn that whole thing. So I think that's definitely an important lesson to learn. The other uh, part that I was talking to a friend of mine who's in the um, uh, private equity business. So they buy and own companies and uh, help inject capital and do all those things. And one of their things was investing in businesses that are quote, recession proof. And Mm -hmm. no business is obviously recession proof, but they have large investments in healthcare uh, and childcare. Mm -hmm. And so we talked for a while about childcare, right? Like three weeks ago or four weeks ago, you name me a scenario where you would say daycares are going to be closed. Right. Okay. Everybody talks about financial and economic and but now as we sit today, most daycares are closed, right? right? What's a scenario outside of, you know, World War Three, right. whereby daycares are closed? So it just, it gives you a new perspective of, hey, if we, all these thesis and all these stress tests and all this stuff that people do, it's hard to predict. And so for, for us, it's been important to really look at this and say, all right, we need to get through this. We need to focus on our business and our employees and our folks over the next our clients over the next 30 days, 60 days. But then when we get back to quote normal, what are those things we are not going to return to? And so I've spent some of my time and certainly HR and our leadership team with the things that you say, well, that's because that's just the way we do things. Mm -hmm. Right. So I would challenge you to say, find those things that you could label as, well, I don't know. That's just the way we do things. And those things that have changed or you've been forced into changing and don't go back. Don't go back to those things that you used to do because you really just didn't want to change them or didn't want to do anything about them. So that's what we're going to do over the next 60 days once we get back to some normalcy is identify those things. Could be two things, could be 12 things, and don't go back to them and force people to not go back to them because this isn't the last time we're going to see something like this. and We don't know when the next time is and we don't know what it is, but I'm going to say in our lifetime, we're going to see one or two or couple more events like this. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's a, a good, interesting thing is, you know, you think, well, well, what, well, gosh, we would never predicted something like this could happen. But the fact of the matter is you wouldn't have predicted the mortgage crisis to happen or all these things you just don't think. And then all of a sudden the, 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 the stuff hits the fan. I don't know if I can say that on no, podcast. I can't I don't think so. <laughs> stuff hits the fan and, and there you are, you're faced with it. So you know, another thing, both personally and and certainly from a business standpoint, and you've been taught this since you've been, you know, out of college is, you know, you always want to keep some hay in the barn, keep some cash, keep six months of your personal financial expenses and savings in case something would ever happen. And, you know, it, we've all been or maybe even are in, I think we can all probably admit that we could save more money either in business or perhaps even personally than what we do. But you think to yourself, you know, when you're young of what's ever going to happen to me where I would need six months of expenses or whatever it may be. And certainly from a business aspect is really what I'm referring to is, is, you know, really the biz, a lot of businesses are suffering after being out of, you know, cash flow for a week where obviously it's something that you can't fix the fact and undo what, what is done. But moving forward, is there another lesson you can learn there of, you know, to your point, childcare, I don't care what industry you're in, do you save for this rainy day and what does your war chest look like and how important is that to your business? Yeah, always uh, saving for a rainy day is certainly both personally and professionally 
Uh, you look at somebody like a Dave Ramsey or whether you agree with everything he says or you don't, uh, you know, he's a big proponent of pay yourself first. Make sure you have the, whether you're a business or a person, make sure you have the necessary um, financial resources to get through that rainy day, whether that's for three days or a week, or this could be, you know, let's call it 60 days. And so we're fortunate to be in the business that we are and in the financial business because short of the federal government shutting down the stock market, which I guess could still happen, that would bring all business really to a to a halt if the nation were to shut down. But if that doesn't happen, and I'm not going to predict that does or doesn't happen because I'm, I'm not sure at this right. point, but that shows you that people still need help. They still need help with their money. They need help with the stock market. Interest rates at an all-time low. You know, there are things that we can do. And as we transition here, I'd like to talk a little bit about what we've done for our clients, our advisors, ultimately are the end consumers to make the virtual transition not that difficult. We've been working on this for four or five years and we haven't been working on this for a scenario like this. You know, don't, 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 uh, think we've been preparing for this, but we have been preparing for what should it look like to make your business more efficient? How can you use those tools to work virtually, to do things like online and you know, all, the, all the online tools that we have available? So it's important to use those and not revert back to the way we used to do business. And let's get on to some of, those, <clears throat> some of those good things that are come out of this. And so let's just take all that stuff we just talked about and say that that we've all had decisions that looking back on it, we wish we would have made different no matter what it was, but here we are in time to go forward. Um, certainly, you know, to that same point, if people have a terrible short-term memory, but, you know, any lessons that you've learned that we've just talked about or others in your business or your personal life that you say, man, if I could do this all over again, I'm going to do it different, do that different for next time. So let's leave that there, but let's talk about what you're referring to is everybody is, you know, technology, which is kind of a cold word out there, but you look at all the stuff that's available um, that we should have probably been using a year ago that all of a sudden shoved in and forced to use it, people have perfected in a very short period of time. What are some of the things that you're seeing out there from, you know, these kind of forced habit patterns to change that are really going to be good for the long run? Yeah, I would say um, from our advisor standpoint, all of our financial advisors that are around the country, I'd say half to three quarters of them have taken pretty well over the last three, four years to online interaction. Now that that doesn't mean anybody was preparing for, I'm not going to be able to sit face to face across the table with my client. But what it does mean is they've been preparing to say, hey, before you come see Brian, as Brian's your advisor, Mm -hmm. fill out this three minute online uh, color of money risk analysis. Let's learn a little bit about who you are what you're looking for so that when you come sit with Brian, he can do a little, you know, he can do some pre-work and he can upload your statements, do some of these things ahead of time so that your time with Brian, much like the doctor, can be as, as productive as it can. So we've done a really good job and our advisors have of getting, let's call it that pre-work, right? Mm-hmm. Tell me as much as you can or as much as you want about yourself, your goals, your objectives, what you're looking for before we meet versus coming in and saying, hi, I'm Nate. Oh, hi, I'm Brian. Oh, what can I help you with? So right. get as much of that up front. And that has actually been very helpful and very efficient for our advisors that have implemented those tools. But now then it transitions to, okay, now I can't even meet with my clients. So right. if you want to talk, Brian, a little bit about 
kind of that that face to face interaction, whether sure. it's marketing or whether it's you know table table yeah, to table. I, mean, I think I think the marketing portion of it is just different of of the fact that you know there's just different ways out there to 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 attract people, and be that having you know all marketing is the same, just depends upon what medium you're using. Um, obviously, social media, emails, you know all the digital type pieces that are out there. It's no different than a hard physical mailer. It's just a different method of doing it. So I don't think that that changes much as people's habit pattern and comfortability will change that. I think, you know, to, to what you're talking about is the face to face meeting and you, you, you can use financial advisors as one example, but you take state planning attorneys, you take the real estate, you take really any let's, let's salespeople are good. And certainly, you know, I've, I've grown up in sales is the, the salespeople have a feeling of if I get them face to face, it's really me and my magic and my my personality and, you know, my for right. me, my good looks. But right. Totally. <laughs> but if I get them face to face, that's the key. And they're afraid to, to, to not let them be face to face because you'll lose the sale and you take any industry for right. it. And I think, you know, it's that's selfishly, that's your own objection or maybe your own vanity or whatever it may be or you really don't need that. And if you put yourself, take yourself out of the sales role and into the buyer role, you don't need to meet with somebody. I think right. uh, a car, the car and automotive industry is probably a really good example. I can do a ton of research. I can damn near narrow down the car that I want to buy to a certain point before I ever really want to talk to a salesperson. Now, I'm not going to buy that car online because I do eventually want to meet with a person and have them verify what I'm doing. But to Nate's point, I think a whole bunch of the pre-work and interaction, if you put yourself on the buyer side, you don't want to go face to face. You just let's, let's figure out if I'm in the right direction before I drive across town and waste all this time. And what today's technology has done, I mean, I don't know how many of you never really used zoom or go to meeting or one of those platforms, but now that you have the video conferencing going on, it's become habit pattern really for a lot of our folks in a very short period of time. And it is a hundred times more efficient than the face-to-face operation. Yeah, so I would say one tangible thing in that, and whether whatever business you're in, if you have the equivalent of a you know a first meeting or a sales meeting or whatever, offer it both ways. Say, hey, we do this two ways. We can either do a thirty-minute uh, virtual appointment, or you can come in the office. And you'll be shocked to find out that a lot of people will say, hey, let's just do a virtual meeting. Now that's not something four weeks ago that many people would do. Mm-hmm. They would say, well, you got to come in. This is how we operate. This is our process. But if moving forward, if you said we've got two options for you, you can come on in the office or we can do a virtual meeting, whether that's video or that's just screen share, it doesn't matter. You're going to have 20 or 30 or 50% of people that are going to say, hey, let's just do this virtually. Let's talk about it. And if it's a fit, then we'll meet. And the funny thing is too, is, you know, you've been shoved into that right now that you have to do that because if I'm here in Arden Hills and my client is five miles away in Shoreview, they can't come into the building or they don't want to be face to face, whatever it may be. But like, think back three months ago, your clients live life or your customers live life and they're maybe 40 minutes across the city or they go to Naples in the winter or it doesn't mean that that should stop business. So the funny thing is it's dawning on people of like, man, we don't have to be face to face which is what the industry and, and people have been telling you for years, but you're afraid to let it go. So I think that'll carry really well forward is not only will, will businesses get trained to go virtual, but certainly clients and buyers outside right. of that will also be okay and comfortable. With and this. I would say that even transitions on to current clients you have. Okay. You've got reviews. Uh, you've got all the things you do for clients, no matter what industry you're in. A lot of those are done face to face. And 
I don't know that that is uh, a lot of them are done over the phone or they're done face to face. Traditionally, that's kind of the two, right? You you talk about it or you uh, have them have them in and you review things face to face. I don't really know that a lot of the virtual screen sharing, video sharing has been used. And if you look at the tools we have, your know, client vaulting, all the reports, all the financial statements, all the things that your clients have are already or they should be already in their vault. So you can already access them 24 hours a day wherever you are in the country. Now all you got to do is add some type of communication device to it. And if you add video to it, uh, if you just do audio, that's fine too. But I would say that the current clients you have to do the same thing, to say, hey, if you'd like to do a virtual appointment, but actually make it a little more exciting. Hey, do you want to have a 10-minute phone call? Eh, maybe. Do you right. want to do a virtual meeting with me? We'll log into the vault. If you have a client has a video, has a camera, great. If not, fine too. But you walk through it. You're just not sitting across the table. So you right. walk through the exact same information. You just don't get to see them eye to eye. You see them over the over the web or, um, you know, through your phone and, and with a screen share. So I would offer those. I agree. And I mean, the stuff's been around for forever. And so, you know, the point being on, on the exciting part of this whole thing is that, you know, not only did we have all these tools of document storage and virtual working capabilities and um, virtual meeting options, it's, it's all been around for years. We just haven't used it. Now everybody's forced to use it. So, that's the cool thing is it's not only going to shove us into today's day and age, but you're watching what Microsoft and Adobe are partnering up to do right now. And uh, you're watching how fast Zoom is moving and you're watching all these companies take the next two steps forward. And so I think, you know, another lesson learned is that is don't stay a creature of habit in what you do, because again, your business will one day suffer for the inefficiencies that you laughed at for years. And it, it's certainly a, I think tools are there and to make things easier and you got to get out of your own way. And that's being proactive on that, not just reactive. And so the, the one other thing with this is travel, right? Mm -hmm. um, you've got, whether it's uh, insurance companies, investment companies, client event, whatever it is, and it involves travel and it involves travel over an airplane. Um, I think this is just my personal belief that yes, we're going to go back to traveling. I'm not suggesting we're not going to get on airplanes again, but I think that part of, you know, this is going to step back in. So you're going to go, okay, yeah, I'm going to go to the restaurant at some point. I'm not going to get on an airplane in 30 days. Probably not. It will start, but I, I do think there's a lot of, hate to say it, but a lot of inefficiencies in all of the meetings and the trips and all of the things, and, and they're great and they do add a lot of value. But if you go on a a trip of some kind or a meeting, I just think those will change moving forward. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot more people will use video and they will turn a three-day trip into a six-hour video conference and save everybody a whole lot of time and energy. So I would just challenge you if you're a business owner or uh, an attendee or whatever you are is just how do those meetings change moving forward? And again, I don't think they go away, Agreed. but I do think a you know one-night trip could easily turn into a two-hour virtual meeting and a two-hour virtual meeting both days, right. you probably accomplish a lot of the same things minus the steak. I would agree. I would agree. So so we can wrap up on those, but we just wanted to share kind of, you know, some of the things that, that we've been looking at, that we've been going through. I mean, obviously there's not a business in the world that's, that's unaffected by what's going on here short of the toilet paper and hand sanitizer industry, I think. So Everybody is, you know, going to struggle through this, but I do believe 100% believe that 
that we will all come out stronger and more efficient businesses when we're done with it. So it's, it's an exciting time. And certainly, you know, the quicker it's all over, the better it is for everybody's business. And I would say to some point, uh, everybody's mental sanity. <laughs> right. The, the one thing that I'd like to kind of close with is just make sure in your business, if you're a business owner or a leader of, of your respective business is just make sure you're watching things that have uh, some foresight into what does the next 30 days, 60 days, 90 days look like. So sales today is not one of those. And so what I mean by that is things like leading indicators, right? Here at Gradient, some of the things that we watch closely are would be basic things like email traffic, okay? Mm-hmm. If email traffic slows down, it's probably an indicator. If casework or case central or vault uploads, those types of things start to slow down, that's probably a leading indicator of 30, 60, 90 days from now. So it doesn't have to be complex. It can be as simple as phone calls. Mm-hmm. You know, phone calls in the door here. If we're used to getting 2,100 phone calls, now we're at 1200 phone calls. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a scientist, but I can figure out that activity and really all you're doing with a leading indicator is looking at activity, right? right? If you're an advisor, uh, if you're a car salesman, you're probably not having anybody walk through your dealership right Mm -hmm. now. In fact, I think they might be closed. I don't know, but that's a leading indicator of sales. So there's nothing you need to do with that other than you don't want to get 60 days down the road and then say, oh yeah, you're right. You know, I, I haven't seen anyone or I haven't seen any potential sales for 60 days. I wonder where that came from. So just be ready for that. Say, what are the leading indicators in my business? That could be simple things like phone calls or emails, or there's a variety of things that you can do, but just just be aware of that and be tracking that. And that's why it's important to have those tracking and those systems over the last year. So if you looked at last January versus this January, last February and last March versus this March, you should be able to have some uh, look into the future of where are things here over the next 60 days as everybody uh, just isn't out as much and they're just not consuming as much right now. Right. And we, we just, I just recorded a video today as well. And that was the kind of the same messages as I think everybody's got to get past right now of, you know, what's happened and where we're at. We are where we are. It is time right now to get moving forward, <clears throat> sitting back and not doing any advertising. If you're any business is not a, not an answer Obviously, you don't have the money to do it. It's a different story, but you got to get moving, start making phone calls, start doing whatever it need to do, because if if business is good today for you, it didn't come from today's activity. Today's activity drives tomorrow's business, so don't take your eye off the ball as to what is really happening three, four, five weeks from now. If things return to normal, Godspeed, but if they don't, you better be paddling like crazy because you're headed upstream. So I do think that there's a lot of good coming out of that. So I would take uh, certainly take the next, you know, two weeks here. Well, well, most places are shelter in place or maybe things have slowed down a little bit or whatever they are and address some of these things. Look at your pipeline. Look at how does your sales funnel work? How do your marketing methods work? What things would you do differently for the next time this happens instead of just praying and hoping that it's over and you can go back to normal? Take this time to reflect, take this time to better your business and be a stronger business when you're done. Yeah. And the, the final thing I would say is just as you're talking to people, whether it's customers, clients, uh, your parents, your kids, whatever it is, it, everybody has their own opinion. But I would just encourage you to listen to people when you talk to them, when you call them, just listen to them, right? Everybody's got their own 
perspective, their own fear, but do more listening than you do talking. And generally that's uh, something that will work out well in the end. So thank you. Yes. Thanks for joining us. And like I said, I thought we'd make it through a lot more shows before we ran out of guests, but (laughs) I I hope they'll return. They will at some point, just maybe not in the next week or two. We're just blaming on the situation at hand. Maybe our podcast (laughs) stinks. Our pipeline dried up of uh, guests. No, we're looking forward to having uh, more guests on and, and it's been fun so far. And Hope everybody is well and let us know if we can do anything. Yes. Thank you very much for joining us and have a great day.